woman took her young son to the beach one sunny day, and while they were walking along the beach, they came upon a dead seagull. What happened to him? the boy asked. He died and went to heaven, his mom replied. As they walked along, the boy kept thinking about the seagull and about her answer. Does God like birds? he asked. He loves birds, mom said. And this bird went to heaven? Yes, she replied. So why has God thrown him back down? You know, we all have a lot of questions concerning death and heaven. You know, not just little boys, but all of us. And we went to see the movie After Death back in November. And it was very eye-opening. It was about people that had died and were brought back to life. And that experience made believers out of some of those people and some of their friends and family. Now, they were only dead for a short time, but to them it, it seemed like a long time. Some saw after death or had an after death experience that they did not want to see again because what they saw they believed was maybe hell. There's a, a drama production that travels around the country and out of the country called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. You can look it up on the internet. Uh, they're kind of more in the east, but there's some that I saw were in uh, North Dakota and Missouri and Arkansas. But it's something that really is eye-opening as well to be able to, to see the choices we make and how they affect our life and our death. So I'm going to be turning 75 in a few months. And it seems like every year there's a, a few more of my classmates that pass away or their spouses. And, you know, I occasionally look at the obituaries online and there's a lot of people younger than me that are passing away. It all makes you think more about death because we never know. The one thing I do know is you better be ready. And you don't get a second choice. Let's pray. Father, we just give you thanks and praise for being you and watching over us and guiding us and protecting us and keeping us going sometimes when we don't feel like it. So, Lord, as we listen to your word, your message, Father, help us to have it make us think, if nothing else, uh, to think about um, our life here and how blessed we are. So, Lord, just open our eyes and our ears and our hearts and our minds and let your word speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my reason for this message is because we had a, a very, very good friend that passed away last week. She's only 60 years old. She was very active. She was loved by many, many people, very well known, uh, a big part of our family. Um, and we have kept in contact with her over the years. And it happened in a moment, just just like taking a breath and then not being able to. But she was ready. So praise the Lord for that. 
When something like this happens, there's always one question, why? So I want to tell you why. Psalm 139, verse 16, David tells us this. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now, people were surprised, shocked, when they heard the news of our friend's death. But God was not. On September 26, 1963, when she was born, God knew that January 1st, 2024, was coming. Because that was the time that she was to pass. Now, does this help us in accepting her passing? No. Does it ease the pain and the heartache? Not really. Does it help us understand the why? Well, maybe somewhat. You may have found yourself in a similar situation, a death that you just can't understand. You know, he was so young, or she was so healthy. When I worked at the Sheriff's Department, there was this uh, one deputy that, you know, ran marathons and worked out all the time and was a self-defense instructor. And, you know, if, if I were to pick one person at that time who I thought was in the best shape of anybody I knew, it would have been him. And he collapsed suddenly and was gone. When it's the death of a child, you know, we all ask that question over and over again. Why? 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 My first year at the Sheriff's Department, that summer, there were several drownings in lakes and swimming pools. And I was working the 11 to 7 shift. And this one man that was a dispatcher, him and I were talking about how that summer before, there had been a lot of drownings. And that this summer, that there had only been a couple. Within 24 hours, that man's child drowned in a swimming pool. Why? Well, we question God. We demand answers. And that's okay. Now, I know some won't agree with that, but I believe it's okay. Because when Jesus was on the cross, he asked his father, Why? Why have you forsaken me? And that may be the question that people have about our friend. Why did you forsake her? Well, God understands. He sees our tears. He feels our grief. And he knows our pain. You know, death isn't something that most people like to talk about seriously. We all know that it's going to happen, but we don't want to face that. Even when someone has a, a disease or a condition of some kind that you know that death seems sure, we still question it when that moment comes. The questions when, where, how, why won't be answered until it happens. It was kind of funny. Several years ago, I went to visit a man who was home and had pancreatic cancer. And uh, his son and daughter-in-law and wife were there. And so they had all kind of given him permission to go. And so I prayed and when we said amen. And 
He opened his eyes and he said, well, now what? Because he expected to be dead by the time I said amen. But it wasn't his time yet. Her daughter had uh, two classmates that were riding together and were in a car accident. And one died, one lived. The one that lived was in the hospital for weeks and several broken bones and internal injuries and all, but she lived. The one that died, they said that there was nothing, there wasn't a bruise, a cut on her anywhere. One, it was their time, and the other, it was not. And then we asked the why not question when someone close to us dies that was very unexpected. Why not the sex trafficker instead of my friend? Why not the drug dealer instead of my child? Why not the abuser instead of my spouse? Someone we see as deserving before a good person dies. The answer is, it was not their time. <laughs> Excuse me. But it was time for our loved one, our friend. And there's nothing that we could do to change that. The writer of Ecclesiastes, believed to be Solomon, tells us this in chapter 3, verses 1 in the beginning of verse 2. It says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die. When that time comes, we can't change it. Jesus spoke about death many times in Matthew 10, 28, he said this, Do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but not the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and the body in hell. If you're a believer, hey, that's great to know, because it means that there's no reason to fear death. So what else does Jesus say about death? Well, he says a lot. But in John 11, 25 and 26, he says this to Martha after Lazarus has died. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He's telling Martha and us, you may die physically. You can continue to live spiritually. To a non-believer, that really doesn't make any sense because it's the real you that lives eternally. Well, then in John 14, right after Jesus has made uh, his two predictions, the first one being Judas's betrayal and the second Peter's denial, he says this in 14, 1 through 3. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. 
again, proving that Jesus knew what was ahead for him. Well, Paul writes about death in several places in his letters. In his first letter to the, the Thessalonians, uh, he knew that there were some that were having questions or fears about death. And so he says this in verses 13 and 14 of chapter 4. It says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed. And some translations say we don't want you to be ignorant about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. So we believe that God will bring Jesus, excuse me, will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And by sleep, he's meaning death. So this is a great promise that we have. If you're a believer. Well, Jesus talked frequently about his upcoming death especially in the last days. You know, Jesus knew before he took his first breath as a human, before creation, the death that he would face. In Luke chapter 9, verse 22, I think this is a place where Jesus is the most explicit about what was to come for him. Because he says, The Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he will be killed, and on the third day, raised to life. The disciples had seen Jesus being rejected. Okay? They had seen the times where the, the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law had rejected him. They had seen possible attempts on his life. In John 8 and 10, it talks about... Uh, those people wanting to stone him to death. But they never expected the death that Jesus spoke about here, a criminal's death. Speaking of a criminal's death, in Luke chapter 23, Jesus has been nailed to the cross. According to Luke, one criminal harassed Jesus, but the other one said this in verse 42, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Well, it leads us to believe that Jesus had, or excuse me, that the man had heard Jesus' teachings at some time. And who knows, he could have been one of those that, that followed Jesus. But whatever, he knew without a doubt who Jesus is, his only hope. And the response Jesus gives is what we all long to hear someday. He says, truly I tell you, today, you will be with me in paradise. He didn't say to, to that criminal on the cross, you know, I realize it's kind of late for you to straighten up your life, but there is a possibility that you might join me, you know, maybe someday. Not what he said. I think Paul boils it all down for us in 1 Corinthians 15. The Corinthian believers struggled with a lot of things, and one was death and resurrection. Beginning in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 15, this is what Paul says. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, 
How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But if he did not raise him, if in fact the dead are not raised, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are people to be pitied. What does that mean to you and me? Well, what it means if we believe that Christ was raised from death to life, that we will also be raised. You know, like I said before, death, it's not really a hot topic to talk about, but it's coming to all of us unless Christ comes back first. And I praise God that even though our friend is gone, we'll see her again. But let me end on a lighter note. There was a cartoon that I saw. There was two or three old ladies talking, and the one said, I've lived so long, probably my friends in heaven think I didn't make it. If your friends know that you're a believer, they'll be waiting for you. Let's pray. Father, I just give you thanks for my brothers and sisters that know you and love you. And Lord, I just ask that you would draw them closer to you. Lord, help them to ask those questions about death and what happens uh, when they or their friends or loved ones pass away, that if they believe that, you know, we can't grieve for them, the grief is for ourselves and the loss that we've had. But Lord, if anyone's listening to this that does not know you, that Lord, that this will be what maybe draws them to you. Because Father, that's a choice that has to be made while we're alive, once we're dead, there's no longer a choice anymore. So Lord, let them know that they need to admit they've been sinners and ask for forgiveness and to give their life to you, that they would learn to live like Jesus lived and love like Jesus loves. In Jesus' name, amen.